Blog Talk Radio. Father, 
We praise your holy name and we thank you, Father, for the incredible mercy that you have. For so many of us, particularly myself raising my hand, are probably nowhere near as ready as we need to be in our faith and our walk and our steadiness of that narrow path. We slip, we fall, we make mistakes, we catch ourselves. And Father, I know that we will never reach a state of perfection on our own accord, but there are certain weaknesses that some of us, including myself, especially myself, have um, that I struggle with. Um, and I know that you know about them. We talk about them continuously. But for everyone who is joining in these prayers tonight that have some particular attribute or part of their personality, um, I pray, Father God, that they will also uh, receive the blessing of knowing that your promises that you have given us in the scripture, Mark 11:23. I love it so much, and I, I just repeat it over and over again. Have faith in God. Whatever you ask when you pray, believe that you will receive it and you will have them. And, Father, we just lift these scriptures up before you because we know that we are imperfect. We, we expand, um, we have expanded our prayer uh, of purity through Psalm 51 over the years to include verse 14 where uh, King David had asked you to take away the guilt of his transgressions, that he would be more easily able to praise you. Father, we, we just pray, Lord, that, that you will help us again. I, I, this is no doubt, no question about it, a repeating theme of this, of this prayer vigil, because I really believe in my heart more than anything that the doubts that the devil and the darkness and our own weaknesses and sometimes our slip-up slip behaviors cause us in our walk also open up uh, maybe not demonic portals, but certainly avenues of attack that would allow the darkness, the demons, and and, and all things unclean to come against us in uh, our minds and our heart uh, in such a way that we would you know, shy away from you in such a way that like Adam did and when Adam and Eve were, you know, but, you know, caught in the garden, uh, how they, they hid from God. And we don't ever want to be in a place where we, we are hiding from you, that we are pulling away from our desire to be in your presence and in, in that secret place of the most high that, that the darkness and its accuse, accusations, uh, which which in many cases are absolutely legitimate accusations, um, are winning against our desire to be in your presence because we feel guilty or somehow unworthy to be in your presence. And, and Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus for every single person that is joining in this tonight, even those who are unaware that they have strongholds or certain weaknesses perhaps in, in their walk, uh, that, Father, that you will just strengthen each and every one of us to understand the depth of your love, to understand the depth of your forgiveness, to understand what it, what Psalm 103, you know, verse 11, 12, 13, all these scriptures, as high as the heaven is above the earth, so great is your mercy towards those who fear you. Father, I could sit here for three hours just reciting verse after verse after verse. First John 1, 9, uh, if we confess of our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us cleanse us of all and uh, unrighteousness. Imagine that the scripture itself actually says faithful and just, that it is faithful and just for you, Father, to forgive us of our sins when we are willing to step up, 
get on our knees and confess of them, even when we should have known better, we should have maybe avoided the situation that led to the behavior or whatever the case may be, or whatever the frustration is in our life, whatever the attack may have been from perhaps a family member, whatever the dynamics were that we put ourselves in, the sociopolitical dynamics were that, you know, maybe some place that we went that we shouldn't have gone, some movie that we watched that we shouldn't have watched, uh, some uh, whatever it could be, whatever the thing, whatever, all I can use is the word dynamic, Father, to cover so many different behaviors that each of us could potentially have in our lives that might lead us into temptation, might lead us into a place where we are, uh, you know, and sometimes we don't even have a choice. Sometimes we're literally grabbed by the, the earthly scruff of our neck and the short hairs and drug into these situations, perhaps some type of a test from your glorious throne room for us to be able to step up Maybe just one more time. Maybe we failed 50 times. Maybe we failed 100 times. But you, to, to, to be able to pass that test. And then, Father, do you test us again and again, even if we do pass that test? You know, how strong is our strength? How great is our resolve? How, um, uh, what is the magnitude of our perseverance as we fight this? It's a fight. It's a struggle. It's a battle. It's a war that we are thrust into as we desperately try to reside in the secret place of the Most High and to overcome uh, lack of self-control, um, the intense burden. And, and this is just a woefully inadequate statement because there just aren't there truly truly are not words that can capture the magnitude of the misery that many of us have to endure. Now, granted, we're not in, in prison, you know, maybe you know, dungeons with rats eating our flesh off and in, uh, in chains. Uh, maybe we're not, uh, you know, in a hospital in a horrible, you know, health situation uh, that's utterly painful on a daily basis and keeping us up all night or whatever the case is. But thank you, Jesus, for that. And Father, we pray for our fellow brothers and sisters who find themselves thrust into such situations, find themselves, maybe they, they migrated slowly over 10 years, 15 years of time. Uh, maybe it was a progressive disorder that they had gone through, and now they're in just an awful daily pain. Um, maybe they've been giving a prognosis that they're only going to live for another year. Um, and they're And they've been suffering in, 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 in the levels that we cannot even articulate um, and certainly are not able to empathize with because we have never experienced it. But in each of our own places, Father, where we are walking, in each of our own individual places where we are walking, whether it is an aberrant, naughty, bad, sinful, uh, perpetually and, co and continuously everyday sinful um, spouse, whether it is a, uh, a son or a daughter that treats us just horribly bad, cusses at us, swears at us, accuses us, calls us names, makes promises to us, breaks the promises to us, attacks us verbally and outwardly and openly, overtly, 
whether it be dynamics that are happening at work, whether it be attacks against the mechanics of our lives, whether it be continuous home improvement, uh, things that are breaking, appliances that are breaking, cars that are breaking, leaving us stranded on the side of the road, repeat, rip, car rip, uh, tire repairs that are occurring, uh, you know, horrible snow conditions that are repeating themselves over and over again, causing us to have situations occur at work that we're that are beyond our control, but nevertheless we're uh, being you know written up and we're being threatened in our jobs and all the things that we have to go through. Even though these are not as horrible as as the agonizing pain of certain diseases that many of us might, uh, for whatever reason, have and have to deal with. Perhaps just because of uh, age, perhaps it's a season that we're going through. Perhaps uh, some part of our life, even at a moment that we can't even even imagine in our wildest imaginations uh, opened up an opportunity for a spirit of infirmity to, to get a hold of us in some manner or another and cause us this misery. Whatever these things are that we are having to go through, these trials, these tribulations, do not think it's strange concerning these trials and these fiery trials that are to try you as if something strange has happened to you, but rejoice that you can be fellow sufferers, medicoy of Jesus. Oh, Father, help us to realize that sometimes the, the things that are happening in our walk, we don't feel like we're suffering, that, that, it, that it's on behalf of Jesus that we're suffering, but that's because we can't see the unseen. We oftentimes don't know that the things that are happening to us, the breakdowns of our cars in the middle of a frosty, incredibly cold, minus four degree wind chill factor night, that these things are actual attacks of the devil and that, in fact, we are fellow sufferers of Jesus Christ because we're going through these things. Or we're in a situation where, for whatever reason, but it was a good godly reason, our hearts were in the right place, but we find ourselves in just a crummy, crummy situation that we have to overcome, and it, and, and it repeatedly puts us in a miserable mess, a, a weeping, sobbing, feeling sorry for ourselves, wish that we could be Elijah in a cave and, and have you take us home sooner than, than what we're destined to be here for. Instead of praising you for every day, knowing that this is the day that the Lord hath made and that we should rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, Father, give us that strength. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will give us strength that overcomes, that can truly allow us to say, be ye cast into the sea mountain in the name of Jesus. Father, we, we are able, it's so easy to be able to step out in faith in prayer when we are on our knees alone in the dark. But it is so difficult to be able to stand forward in, the, in that same amount of faith with over prayers in front of unbelievers and speak forth the truth that, that your word has given us and speak it with authority because we know that the name of the Lord Jesus has given us power while people are staring us down thinking that we have lost our minds. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will strengthen us in our walk. We believe with all of our heart the scriptures and the promises that are woven all throughout, your, all throughout the Holy Bible, promising us that you will answer these prayers, maybe not on our time, but eventually, on your time. Father, we don't understand the pros, the cons, the ins, the outs, the whys, the calling of the audibles, the, the power of the prayers of the saints. We don't understand all these dynamics. We don't, we, all we can do is speculate and guess. People believe that they can multiply and use, use calculations in the, in the Bible and read Bible code and, and, and multiply, you know, 80 times this times Israel times 1948 divided by this equals that. And invariably they write books and, and invariably they become wrong. 
Father, we just praise your holy name and we thank you for helping us to understand that the days that we are in are approaching, certainly have entering, uh, I believe, entered into that season, whatever that season means. And I would certainly not be foolish enough to attempt to try to assign actual years to that season. All we can do, Father, is look at the prophecies that you have allowed people to speak over the years, knowing that you call audibles, knowing that you relent, knowing that you respond to the prayers of the saints, knowing that we could be here infinitely longer than we would like to believe, but at the same time having an incredible hope, a light at the end of each of our tunnels that helps us to say, wow, you know, things could explode. And even though the list is very, very long and it would be almost impossible for it to unfold in a year's time, would certainly need at least a few years' time to unfold, that that time frame could be even longer than that. We ask you to to fill us with um, an outpouring and an anointing of faith, Father God, that that just completely overwhelms us. We pray this all the time, and we will never stop praying, and we will continue to praise you for giving it to us. We pray, Father God, for a spirit of discernment to continue to amplify itself, to, to, to increase in magnitude on a logarithmic scale that we will be able to discern things better than we have ever before, and always remember that you are in control, and that anything that you are in control of, we have not lost control of, because through our prayer, through our prayer and your loving kindness, your gentle, the multitude, as David put it, of your tender mercies, the likelihood that you will answer our prayers, even though sometimes it seems like you won't or you're not going to or there will be too long of a delay, you will. Teach us, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus to continue to praise you even when we dork up, even when we make mistakes even when we make repeat mistakes over and over again, even when we go through these fiery trials, we're not doing, we're not performing at our best. We're not in complete and perfect alignment with your will. Sometimes we examine ourselves, we judge ourselves in accordance with first Corinthians 11, 28, 31 and 32. And we find ourselves not, not in full compliance with the, with the words that you have given us in your scripture, not, Certainly not in full compliance with um, Romans 14. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Romans 14:23b, which says that that which is not from faith is sin. Not even your own hand chosen apostles, as you would admonish them, Lord Jesus, and say, "Yo, ye of little faith," we're in compliance with that. We just pray, Father God, for the things that we do or the mistakes that we make or the weaknesses that manifest themselves or bubble up in the midst of our challenges, trials, and tribulations of the walk of this life. That you, Father, in Jesus' name, because of your loving kindness and the multitude of your tender mercies, will take those and blot them completely out. That they will melt away with the blood of the Lord Jesus from our robe and gown in heaven and be erased completely from our books of remembrance and just just sink to the very bottom of a deep blue crystal pure sea of your love beyond even the recollection of our father who promises in Isaiah 43:25 that you will not remember our sins let us not be accounted as those who will have to give an account of all things let us be forgiven as you have promised us as those who are chosen and not only called. 
And certainly, Father, please, in the name of Jesus, we pray. And we trust you, Lord Jesus, as our advocate to continue to pray, to lay hands on us from heaven in the spiritual realm, and continue to help us to become stronger, even as we slip. Sometimes four steps, four, four, four steps up that hill, very strong and forward, only to be met with uh, slipping back down again, but with a determination that will never quit. And always believe that you will lift us up and pull us to the place that we were destined to be in accordance with um, Psalm 139, verse 16 in Ephesians 2.10. Help us to walk in the, in, in the steps that we are to walk in, to do the works that you have designed for us before there was time, and to do them in a magnanimous way that gives glory to you, Father, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 14, uh, 12 and 14, hallelujah. Father, we just want to be able to give you praise. We want to have, be able to, to go through life without without any guilt we want to be able to uh, not be uh, you know like Adam and Eve and, and kind of hiding behind the tree or the bush because we goofed up and we made a mistake and we shouldn't have father we want to have strength we want to believe and understand that you are bringing us through this journey we may not make it we, we may not be a, a perfect at balancing ourselves on that narrow path but we need you we need your helping hand Holy Lord Jesus we need you to pick us up and carry us over the goals we need that strength to pull us up, up out of the well when we slip and fall over the side, perhaps breaking across the guardrail, whatever it is in our walk. And Father God, heaven forbid that we should ever come to the place that when we uh, examine ourselves, we actually believe that we are entitled somehow to stand in your presence. What an, what an incredibly difficult to understand paradox, to desire so hungrily to be approved, to desire ho so hungrily to be chosen amongst those that were called, to desire so hungrily and knowing and feeling and, and knowing beyond any shadow of a doubt that we were utterly unworthy. Sheepdog, uh, contrite in spirit at all times, knowing that we could have done better and we did it and wanting to. Oh, Lord Jesus, we praise you. We break every stronghold that has been placed against us. We break every addiction that has been placed against us. We break every thought that would attempt to enter into our minds and our hearts through a fiery dart. We declare the holy fire of God to permeate, uh, to, to, to surround us and to vaporize any of those fiery darts. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, we decree and declare in Jesus' name your power to surround us up a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow that power white hot. Father, we praise you. Your holy name and we thank you lord jesus we praise you for continuing to advocate on our behalf for continuing to straighten out that narrow path for us to walk upon and father we praise you for your endless and incredible the depth of your mercy which we will never completely understand never completely understand we thank you father for 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 making our path straight help us to completely and utterly trust in you to be able to reap the benefits of Proverbs 3, verse 5, and Isaiah 26, verse 3, to be qualified. Not because, not because of our actions per se, although that's a big part of it, but because he has nothing in me, just like Jesus said about Satan. Let us come to a place in our walk that through our repeated confession, repentance, and hard work that we put in 
to discipleship and to discipline, the changes in our lifestyles, the, the choices that we make, uh, how we allow our emotions to be affected by things that happen around us. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will steady that course, straighten that path, give us that trust that we should have, help us to place it into execution, and help us to walk in that trust so that we are at the ready, new wineskins to receive that new wine at the time that our calling becomes the very breath that we take when we wake up in the morning. In Jesus' name, we give you praise, Father God. In Jesus' name, we pray and thank you. Amen. Tonight is March the 18th of 2022, the 15th of 8R2, 5782. Today is Shushan Purim. Look at that. And Matthew 18th of 2022. I saw some folks uh, praise you, Jesus. I saw some folks uh, passing around some of the old Purim prophecies, um, uh, getting excited about us once again crossing over that plateau. I don't know if you want to call it a plateau, but that period of time known as Purim, which is very exciting, really, when you think about it, because... Um, hold on a second. Thank you, Jesus. Um, the, um, it's very exciting when you think about it, because when you consider, see, when the prophecy that was given to God's healer seven many, many years ago, uh, actually it was, it was Dan, um, and brother Dan and some of brother Dan's prophetic words have just been unimpeachable. They have been just spot on praise Jesus. And, um, and even though the actual annual yearly countdown timeline that, that, you know, brother Barbara and Dan both espoused and was communicated prophetically in 2015, sorry, do I have that right? Yes. September 28th or, or thereabouts of 2015, even though that countdown and timeline did not actually come true because obviously God had called an audible, uh, you know, which is something that we're always going to be subject to, listening to the prayers of the saints, making a change in the timeline, uh, giving respite, giving, uh, you know, giving people a break, uh, giving them another opportunity to give their lives to Jesus, uh, you know, hearing the cries of the saints. Maybe they're not perfect, but maybe there was enough of them in concert that they rose up before the throne and God said, you know what, I am going to extend the time a little bit longer, even in the midst of the saints, while it's at the same time, there is a small remnant, perhaps, that are behind the scenes saying, Father, thy will be done. At midnight, I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. Hallelujah. Father, we just praise you and we thank you. But you know what? We're, we're entering in. You know, why is Purim, why is that Purim prophecy relevant? Well, the reason why the Purim prophecy of, of Brother Dan in, in God's Healer 7, the reason why that is true, it, it remains relevant this year. Now, I don't believe personally, this is just me, that it remains relevant at this moment in time. Okay, and I'm going to say why. The reason is because we still have too much that we have to go through yet. And there's other, th there's many, 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 thank you, Jesus, other reasons as well. For example, we have not come to the end of the third seal where it says, do not harm the oil or the wine. I would find it very, very difficult to believe that God would put such a mystery in his Bible, something so 
fantastically huge, okay, and put that in his Bible, do not harm the oil or the wine, and to put it in right at the end of the global financial collapse and not mean that oil and that wine to be all-inclusive of the entire bride of the Lord Jesus Christ, whether you were part of the barley harvest, whether you were part of the wheat harvest, uh, you know, and, and think about it, you could still be part of the bride, think about the, the millions of Christians that have died over the last 2,000 years, do you believe really that, that, that in those millions that had died, many of which that had suffered for Christ in ways that we could never, many of, most of us alive today couldn't even imagine going through, but they did with their children hand in hand being burned at stakes, being cut into pieces and right outside of their homes together singing songs never even considering any type of defensive or flight or fright or you know fight or flight kind of an option but just allowing having faith and knowing they were going home and being glad about it I mean, it, that is a state of mind and a belief and an uh, and, 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 and exhibit of faith that is so far beyond anyone. I mean, the only other testimony, and I read a lot, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, the only other testimony I have ever read in all 60 of my years, uh, you know, in, in born and raised in uh, Pentecostal-esque type of a church, you know, miracles and tongues and prophecies and spirit of discernment and all that stuff, you know, um, uh, being a part of my daily life, casting out of demons, cleaning houses, all that kinds of stuff. Uh, that's how I was raised. I've experienced these things. These are part of my upbringing. They're part of my life. I've actually had it happen to me. I've given testimony to all of these things that, you know, these, the, the, you know, that's a whole different view point than other Christians that may, you know, certainly no one would want to desire to be attacked by demons, but for those of us who have and have always believed and known about them and were brought up even as small children around these dynamics and never, I mean, to us, the idea that someone wouldn't believe is un. Believable. I mean, I know that's a pun, but it really, truly is. I run across people in this work. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Father. This is not an accusatory or any. I don't mean this to be in any kind of a way negative at all. I'm just simply saying I continuously run into people, believers from all over the world that have never seen a miracle, that have never heard somebody speak in tongues. That you know, and, and Paul said one of the reasons why a person would speak in tongues is for an unbeliever. For them to be able to actually hear it, and um, uh, you know, and of course to pray to the Lord, you know, on your own, but not to just you know scream out loud, speaking in tongues willy nilly on top of one another in a church. He, you know, he's calling order to the church in First Corinthians fourteen and fifteen. Praise God. But anyway, um, but my point being that you know we've I, look at all the stuff that we have in front of us. We, you know, we we've, we've got we still have the civil war, and I'm going to go I'm going to go into the prayer and the praise in the, in the traditional flow of the prayer vigil in just a moment. Praise God. This isn't going to turn into one of those. I don't feel in my heart that this is going to turn into one of those. You know, unexpected, you know, teaching testimony type things. But I did want to share with you because it's so important and, and because, you know, I hear things. You know, I hear things. I hear the tone of voice. I hear the agony in people's voices. I can hear it. I can hear the tone of agony in a person's text message. I really can. I can hear how utterly exhausted they are that 
you know, they used to have a, you know, for example, the, the, the mother and the father both had jobs, but the mother had basically a type of a, a breakdown. So she's not working anymore, and now he's working two jobs, and he's, he's fallen over. He can't keep going. They've got to feed kids. You know, there's, there's situations out there that are far worse than that. Far, so much far worse than that. The only testimony I've ever heard in my entire life of 60 years that even came close to the ones that are in the Fox's Book of Martyrs and only the beginning of the Fox's Book of Martyrs because as time goes on, Satan gets in. He gets into the churches, he gets into the gatherings, and he wears them down and they become more fleshy and they do more fleshy satanic things. So it's just the very beginning part of the Fox's Book of Martyrs that is in concert, in perfect synergy, in perfect harmony with the way the original early church was, which was to hold hands with their children and to simply lay down their lives with with no fear. They weren't screaming, ah, oh my gosh, help me, help me. They were singing praise together because when they were born as little babies their dads and their moms taught them that this is probably what's going to happen to us and that it's okay because we're going to be in front of jesus they would sit around candles they didn't have tvs they didn't have dvd players they didn't have all the stuff that and phones and and things not that these things can't be turned around and used for the goodness of the lord and, and and serving god yes they can we can take anything out of the hands of the devil and flip it right around and use it to destroy his works hallelujah praise god amen but imagine living in a time when Everyone finally was at home, whether, you know, whether, whether the mom was there the whole day with the kids, like an Amish family to, of today, whatever the situation was, and that the corn was finally, you know, the, whatever, you know, it was all picked, everything was done for the day, what they could do. And, you know, maybe it was 7.30 in the evening, and, and they got together, and there was nothing to do, nothing to do, except to talk about the Lord. Except to read the Bible. Now, of course, maybe they might have read a few other books here and there, some poetry perhaps, whatever, to entertain one another. But really, it was between them, a candle, their family sitting around the candle likely, and something that was written or some story that was given, like a testimony. Um, passed along from generation. Oh, great-grandpa told us this. Did you ever hear about that? But that was the extent of it. The likelihood that they spent time talking to one another about who they were in Jesus. The children believing with such – there's a big difference between the – I believe this with all of my heart. I really do. A big, big difference between believing and knowing. Knowing is when you've moved past believing. Now, can I give you an example? Yes, I can. Um I know that speaking in tongues bypasses the hindrances of the devil because of the testimony that I've given about, you know, the time that the police busted me when I was in my 20s, except I didn't get busted because I was speaking in tongues and all six police cars left. That's one example. Another example is when the strong man demon threw me down the hallway, smashed my head in the wall, and the police cars came and all that. Another miracle that was impossible. Impossible miracle. Impossible. But I experienced it. If somebody were to tell me, oh, demons aren't around today, I would look at them like, are you, 
you got to be joking me, man. Are you are you for real? And 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 it's just we're not all we were not all brought on the earth to walk the same walk. Some of us, our destinies were to go through these things so that we would experience them as harsh as that is. Imagine how Job must have felt, really, when you think about it. Do you think that after all, after the book of Job was over and God restored all of his stuff, gave him a new family, gave him new livestock, gave him new land and all that kind of stuff, do you think he never thought about his earlier family? Do you think he never wondered why that had to happen to him? Do you think he still praised God anyway? I think he did. But I don't think he ever really completely... I I know he forgave and loved the Lord. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe all of that with all of my heart. But I don't think he ever forgot about it. And I think he always wondered why it happened. Can you imagine being the one person in the history of the world? Now, I'm not suggesting that he's the only one. I'm just saying that Biblically speaking, he is essentially the only one, biblically speaking, that was subject to the things that he was subject to, complete with live conversations between Satan and God. Where else do you find that in the Bible? Well, guess where? Nowhere. Nowhere at all. Now, unless, of course, you're talking about the temptation of Jesus in the in the uh, in the uh, desert and, and and for the forty days and all that, um, and that would be true essentially, but not on the level of Job. Imagine being the one person out of what? How many billions? How many thousands of years that God told Satan? Yep. He qualifies for 100% of my protection. You know it. I know it. But I'm going to let you attack him. And he had to go through all of that horrible stuff. Can you? Why does the book of Job exist? It may be this, one of the single most important books in the entire Holy Bible. I have, I have heard my sister, my sister said, I hate the book of Job. I just hate that book. Without the book of Job, we would not understand that God is in control of Satan and that what God so chooses, chooses to place his hand of protection over anything, a land, a house, uh, an individual, a family, whatever he wants to put his hand of protection around. Heaven's resources, heaven's power, heaven's angels. And then to realize that our prayers, our prayers are an integral part of bringing down that power. To realize as a royal priesthood the power that we were given. What was the power that the royal priesthood of early, you know, the Levitical priesthood going way back in the Old Testament, what sorts of powers were they given? Didn't they sacrifice animals for the sins of the people? But we already have the perfect sacrifice, the blood of the Lord Jesus. So what's the point of being a royal priesthood? 
when we don't believe that we have the ability, like 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 um, Daniel in 9:25, or like um, uh, Nehemiah in chapter 1 verse 6 on behalf of Israel, to be able to confess of their sins on their behalf. What's the point? There isn't a point. And the reason why there isn't a point is because we do have that power. And what a travesty it is to not use that power, to be given the power to change possibly, maybe. Just imagine. Let's pretend that when we pray together for the people in the lands of Oceania, made up of all the peoples of the lands of Indonesia, the Archipelago Islands of Sumatra, Sulawesi, Papua New Guinea, Jakarta, Singapore, Malaysia, uh, you know, uh, Australia, Tasmania. A lot of people don't even know Tasmania is actually a country. Yeah, it's like a big old country kind of island-looking thing just south of, uh, of Australia. They don't even re- it's got some really trippy, weird-looking animals, too. Let me tell you something. <laughs> and strange, strange-looking uh, landscapes. I mean, this is a freaky deaky, almost like somebody plucked Tasmania off another planet and said, hey, let me stick this on Earth and confuse everybody. <laughs> it's a weird place. Look it up. I mean, folks, the, 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 these, the, all these people, when we're praying for them, how many of them are being touched? Like I was saying, that one testimony, I have it written. That's literally an article. I don't know if it's ChristianNewsToday.com or if it's the Gospel Herald. I forget. I even have it inside the show notes for tonight's program, for, you know, for, for the prayer vigil. But it's a testimony. And if I skim past it, hopefully the Lord will stop me and I can read it to you. Because there is that faith on the earth today. It may not exist in the United States of Babylon the Great. It may not exist over there in France. It may not exist in Belgium. It may not exist in Majorca. It may not exist over in, uh, you know, wherever, wherever's land, Tasmania. Okay, it may not exist in anywhere. But there are places that it does exist, even on Earth today. Believe it or not, why do you think? Now, I'm gonna, first I'm going to tell you where. Syria. The testimony was from, and I've mentioned this before, but it merits mentioning it again. Thank you, Jesus. Syrian, recently converted Syrian Christian families who were told about Jesus. They read the Bible like like a hobo grabs a sandwich. They wouldn't put it down. Uh, No one was taking it out of their hands. They were starving for the Word of God, and they read it like it was their entire, well, like their entire eternity depended on it. Imagine that. And they absorbed it. They didn't use, you know, the lies from the devil of dispensationalism. They didn't say, well, Jesus was talking to the Jews, so that doesn't belong for us. That was before the cross. That's a demonic lie of churchianity. Splitting and chopping the Bible up into pieces and, and saying, are you taking it out of context so that you can be given a license to go sin freely is of the devil. But that's pretty much everything. All of the churches in the United States of America do, pretty much, to some degree or another. Oh, but mine doesn't. I would love to sit down with your pastor some night. I really would. If that be true, I would love to sit down and have a conversation with him. Because while I will not divide, I will not cause division amongst the brethren, I can pretty much promise you that within 15 minutes I'll be getting up, giving the person a hug and saying, i got to go. 
Now, that being said, that's a blessing, but it's also a very humongous challenge. It, I won't call it a curse, but I will call it a challenge. Because when you come, when you finally, when God has blessed you in a way that you start to see things spiritually when you're reading the scripture and, it's in, and you're hearing, you're hearing inside your mind, you're reading a scripture and it's like, I can't explain it. It's like scriptures are just like, flying around in your mind one right after the other from different parts of the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, from the book of Revelation, and they're all like interlinked and intertwined and harmonious, and they're all just appearing in front of your – they're just there, swirling in your brain, swirling amidst your spirit in your heart while you're reading other scriptures. And you're going, oh my gosh, they're interlinked, they're all interlinked, they're all, they're all interlinked. There's no context at all. And those Syrian, that Syrian family, which I have the testimony of, uh, and again, I know I have it in the main show notes, but I don't know if I have it in the prayer vigil show notes. But I, but I'll tell you, I'll just give you the brief summarization. The mom, dad, two kids, mom and dad and two kids, and they were recently converted to Jesus, and they were immersed in Jesus. The Greek word is in duo to put on Jesus. They were. That's who they were. They had become it. They had walked it. They had become it. They had no, there's no spot or wrinkle or any such thing in their upbringing, in their training, in their taught. It was pure. It was utterly, utterly pure. And they were warned. They had people come running through the camps. They were at a, uh, a, a, a uh, you know, uh, a, a, a place where they put refugee, refugee camp. And they were going from tent to tent to tent to tent to other Syrians that were there uh, and telling them about Jesus. In I guess in Farsi or whatever the language is they speak in Syria. I don't know. But anyway, they they, um, they were telling them uh, over and you know tent to tent to tent to tent to tent, going with their children and everything, telling them about Jesus, telling them about Jesus, telling them about Jesus every single night, every single night, every single night. And well, one of the leaders of the camp came over to them and said, "Hey guys, you got to get out of here. You got to get out of here now. We just got word that ISIS is heading this way. This was back when ISIS was a really big deal. Now they're kind of like a side note mention on maybe a news report on Fox at three o'clock in the morning when they're not lying about the." Ukraine. But anyway, the, the, um, they were like, no, we're not leaving. And, and, and whoever this leader guy was or girl or whoever, the, this leader of the camp was like, no, 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 you don't, no, you're, I don't think you completely grasp what we're saying right here. We, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to help you understand. You need to go now. Leave. Run for it. Run for your life. They're almost here. You're going to get cut into pieces. Run for your life. Get out of here. Grab your kids. Go, 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 go. And they looked at the leader and he said, we're not going to go anywhere. Our calling is right here. We are here to tell about Jesus. And they stayed. And ISIS arrived and started working their way through the Syrian refugee camp looking for infidels, missionaries, people talking about Jesus to get them to renounce or be beheaded in front of everybody. And they grabbed that mom and dad by their hair, pulled their hair down, took their knives, put it on the edge of their necks, and their children are yelling over to them, Don't do it, Mom! Don't do it, Dad! Don't deny the name of Jesus! Don't do it! And those children 
yelled that over to their moms and dads while they watched their own parents get beheaded. How many children in your country would do that today? And what's the difference? Why? Because one isn't brought up properly in Christ. And one was. The Syrian family, they got it. To them, dying was a-okay. But denying Jesus was not okay. And they were ready to go. Nothing was going to stop them from serving Jesus. And death was setting them free. And that is the place that many of us will be brought to, I believe, in the days ahead. How exactly any of this is going to unfold for any one of us, nobody knows. The things that happen to the people in, in Michigan are going to be completely different from the things that are going to happen to the people in Florida. Are going to, now, some of the things will be the same. Some of the things will be instituted by law. Some of the things will happen during martial law. Some of the times, you know, they're, you know, if J. Vernon, Vernon McGee's prophecy uh, comes true, which I believe it will, and it's been supported by others, uh, that and, and also Smith Wigglesworth and some, you know, that the church is going to collapse. There isn't going to be the building churches are going to prosecute us. We're going to need to get out of anything that's in a building because they will be fully controlled by Satan, 100% fully controlled. Not, not that they aren't already pretty much there, but it's going to be much, much worse because what will happen, just like during World War II Germany, a lot of people don't know this happened during World War II Germany. The Gestapo went into all the churches and shut them down, nailed the doors shut, and in some cases burned the whole buildings down and let them die, just like they're doing over in the Ukraine, the Nazis are doing over in Ukraine right now. Then, through Mussolini, Hitler cut a deal with the Vatican, which went ahead and told everybody they needed to follow Hitler. But the Gestapo continued to hunt down any of the other churches and take them out. Well, what we're going to see is a repeat of that occur, but it's going to be done through the 5013C church deal. Okay? You know, the, because it turns every church that... that signs up for the 5013C deal, um, which allows them to give a tax break on taxes on, on seating into the church. So when people tithe, hey, I give you $5,000. Okay, well, then I give you a little receipt, and you put it on your tax return. Now, that can, that's one more thing that can be turned around to do good for Jesus. Okay? The bad part is they can use the 5013 and you say, well, why? Well, you know, it, if you're like me, I look at anything that's a form of an income – Income, period, even if it's from a tax return. A tax person would say, that's ridiculous. You've already paid taxes on it. Why would you double pay taxes on double taxes? And I'm like, I don't look at tithing as taxes. That's income, and I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it to Jesus. Hallelujah. So to me, I'm going to turn it around every single time for the good of the Lord, no matter what. But there will come a time when they're going to use that to clamp down. And once they clamp down, they're going to tell their parishioners, if you see this behavior, this belief, any signs of that, this or that, 
Whatever it is, folks, let, let's pretend it's mRNA vaccines. If you find out about anybody in this um, auditorium that has not had an MR and doesn't have the special passport on their phone, you need to contact the 1-800-GESTAPO immediately. Now, I'm just using that because that's a hot item today. That's a hot ticket item today for making a point. But it could be any one of the thousand different uh, things that they institute and forbid. And then where are the real Christians going to go? To the houses, to their homes. And what will they do through martial law? They will, they will make it illegal to have a gathering. If there's more than three cars in your cul-de-sac outside of your house, you're going to woo, 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 and then they'll pick you up and take you to the FEMA camp. So without the divine protection of God, you won't even be able to have a gathering to praise Jesus together, let alone study the Bible. It'll turn into that. All we need is for the prophecies that have been prophesied thus far. The, I'm only talking about the big of the big of the big of the big. I'm not, I don't care about all the little bitty ones and the stuff in between and all that kind of – it's not that I don't care. It's just that if you don't focus on the big picture, you will get sucked into the weeds. And if you're sucked into the weeds, then you're going to get lost. The weeds are too confusing. You'll swirl around thinking that the rapture is going to be next Wednesday and, oh, this, that. You'll get depressed because, oh, oh, no, this happened and, oh, no, that happened and, oh, no, Trump got put in. We thought there was going to be Marshall and all that kind of stuff. Keep your eyes on the big picture. Just look at the big stuff. Make the list. Make it, make it a list. If you want to make it the super big stuff, then just make it the super big stuff. If, if it's easier for you to just say pestilence, think, now let me repeat, global pestilence. Now that the, the, the pandemic includes, is included in that, so we've already checked that box. Global pestilence, there's more coming. Global uh, famine, well, that really hasn't hit the United States. I mean, really, pretty much the only thing that has happened in the United States thus far is some inconveniences and increased prices. Okay, um, so we've got that queued up. We have plenty of signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and seas roaring. we got tons of that. So that, that box is definitely checked on a global level. All right, and then and we now the the thing that Jesus said about they will take you before the magistrates and you know and all this kind of stuff and then don't worry about what you're going to say and you know let the Holy Spirit speak through you. Well, you know I don't know I don't think we've gotten to that part yet. That might happen to the people. That's I that it sounds to me like that is most likely going to happen to either a the people that stay in the five hundred one three C lockdown churches and the people in the churches rat them out. Or B, uh, when we are all in our uh, home churches and a neighbor makes a call. That's, those are the two most likely scenarios that I can think of that would be very befitting of, of the realization of that prophecy. But then we got the third seal, global financial collapse. I suspect that, you know, as, uh, you know, Russia, whose army is known as, quote, the Red Army, uh, that seems to maybe align very well with the beginning of the second seal. And they've already formed their alliance with China, and the whole China-Russian alliance is one big pile of red. So I, that's, it's pretty hard to rule that one out. But what we don't know is how long before it goes, you know, and maybe the second seal continues to roll 
to the very end. My goodness, the second seal could continue to roll all the way into the Great Tribulation. I've had so many people questioning about, well, you know, in Ezekiel, it says that the that the uh, that the weapons and stuff will will sit there and burn for an additional seven years. So how can you say that the rapture will happen before this point? And they try to stitch it all together. And I'm like, why do you think those weapons and the, and the stuff in Ezekiel burning for seven years? Why do you think that the timeline just gets cut off at the point of the rapture? It doesn't work like that. Those things can continue to burn deep into they can burn into the new millennium. So we've, we've got the second seal, we've got the third seal, the global financial collapse. At least write that one down. If you don't want to do the ones with the meteors hitting the United States and the oil and gas fires burning and some kind of a shuttle-like device falling from the sky, and you don't want, if you don't want to remember those, then don't remember those. Forget about those. You can even take the Cascadia subduction zone off your list. Take them all off your list. Forget about them. Just do the really big stuff. Just do the stuff that you can point to in your Holy Bible right there. The time to get really excited, folks, is when the global financial, when the petrodollar totally collapses, which, by the way, in accordance with what happened to Argentina, and I believe it was 2001 when they had their full countrywide financial collapse, the only ones who were able to eat and have any semblance of, of eating, drinking, living, everybody was suffering. It was absolutely horrible, except the very few people who stashed some cash. The ATMs were all down, and nobody was full enough to bring out a gold coin. It'd only get killed. So the people that had regular cash were the ones that got to eat. They were the ones who got to do whatever, because they'd put a little bit of cash aside for a little for a period, for a period of time. But the ATMs and everything else went down immediately. The electricity, everything went down. So, you know, we just got a list. We got a portfolio, a list, a big old list of things. And, if you, and again, if you want to take out North Korea attacking South Korea and the sinking of the aircraft carrier, take it out. Oh, God's going to relent. He's not going to let him do that. Okay, fine. That's great. Take it out. If that makes you feel better. But you can't take pieces of the Bible out. They're going to happen no matter what. And they're already in progress. They're already in progress. And tens of thousands of saints, well, saints and maybe mediocre backslidden Christians, whoever, are once saved, always saved, which are always in a state of backslidden. But whatever, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Christians crying out to God worldwide over the pandemic, over the things going on in Ukraine, all this kind of stuff going on right now. Is God stopping it? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prophets that my sister sends to me an email all the time saying that Trump is going back into the presidency. I'm like, you better hurry up because 2024 is right around the corner. That He's just going to be like, like, you know, beamed into the White House by Scotty on the Starship Enterprise. Of course, they're all meeting with Jesus and Jesus is telling them. So they got to tell everybody, well, Trump is going to go back. And I'm like, well, my Jesus is God. And my God doesn't make those mistakes. 
So I don't know what. You know, all I can say is right now things are nuts. They're crazy. We've got to draw in closer to the Lord. We've got to be in a continuous state of confession of our sins, which requires us to be in a continuous state of self-examination. We confess even, you know, I, I find myself just getting so frustrated with the things that are happening in the earth. I mean, the, you know what the number one thing is that I, I confess of? <laughs> it's, it's getting so frustrated that I, I drop an un, un, unacceptable word. I just get so frustrated. It's like, doggone it isn't cutting it. And then I have to confess, and I'm like, I'm sorry, Father, please forgive me. Praise God. All right, and you know, and, and it's continuous continuous and all sins are not created equal and I've dorked up with some of the really big ones although look at Paul <laughs> he had some monsters on his group you know so I don't know I mean but we're not supposed to compare ourselves to others we're supposed to work with Jesus believe and praise him for bringing us out of the struggles that we're struggling with to being contrite in our spirit and recognizing that we're unworthy no matter what to being the tax collector and renting our robe instead of looking up and saying, Oh, Lord, I praise you for choosing me. Praise God I'm worthy to stand before you. And instead being the tax collector, ripping our shirt and saying, Jesus, if you will please give me enough mercy to please just let me come in heaven. Yet you got people out there just beating their chest. I am the bride. Come to join our, we're the bride. Bridal worship, bridal this, bridal facial, bri Facebook, bridal Twitter, bridal. And I'm like, forget that. I'm making no assumptions. Presumptuous sin, right? Amen. Which is a particularly egregious sin against the Lord, so it says in the scripture. I don't want to be that. But I don't want to keep dorking up neither. So it's a, it's a constant battle for all of us. Because just the time, just by about the time you get your hands around one thing about your personality that you've been working on, the Lord will reveal something else. <laughs> so sanctification is quite a journey. And none of it happens without the grace of God. Close your ears and rebuke anybody out there who says things like the ark door is closing, the ark door has closed, uh, you know, the period of grace is over. Just do yourself a favor. Don't ever listen to them again. Please don't. That's Satan speaking. Believe me, when God's grace period is over, when that ark door is closed, there isn't going to be a Christian on the face of the earth that has a single question about it. Just like there wasn't a single person standing outside of that ark that didn't say, Hey, wait a second. Hey, we changed our mind. Let us in. Let us in. Believe me. They'll know. And that'll be a pretty horrible time. One person, not one person that has ever listened to one of thousands of radio shows that I've 
myself and others have done under the name of Tribulation Now or read it, even an, even read one of the articles. Not one of them. I pray, please, Father, not one of them, not one of them, not one. Let not one be left behind to suffer the horrible things. We thank you, Jesus, for helping us to understand the first watch, the second watch, the third watch, for under, helping us to understand the barley harvest and how Purim that leads into Shavuot and how Shavuot, oh my gosh, it's like the gathering of the barley to bring it in as the first fruits. And when does it happen? During Pentecost. How cool is that? I've actually heard Christians debating amongst one another. Well, I've always felt in my heart that the rapture happens during Pentecost. And then you'd have the next person go, well, I've always felt in my heart that Jesus told me that the rapture is going to happen on Yom Teruah in September. Feast of Trumpets. What do you know? Both are true. Barley harvest, Pentecost. Wheat harvest, Yom Teruah. Praise God. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity to come before you. We praise you, Father, for the revelations that you have given us. We ask you to strengthen us in accordance with Isaiah 40:31 and other scriptures that you have given us those promises through. And we ask you, Father God, in Jesus' name, that we will be drawn in hungrily with no guilt for our past transgressions, knowing that you have forgiven us. I won't say for, I, I know that there's a penalty to be paid. I know that what First Corinthians three, chapter three, verses thirteen, fourteen, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen say. I get it. I understand it. I hope we all do. But nevertheless, Father, we thank you for your mercy, because your mercy does endure forever. We praise you. Thank you, Father. And tonight, together, we light the Sabbath candles, or the Shabbat candles if you prefer, or whatever candles you want to call them, or no candles at all, because it's all covered in Romans 14. As long as we're doing it for you, Father, it's for you. Praise your name. And I like to light three, one for the Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. One for the Son. Praise you, Lord. And one for the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. The Hebrew Kadesh. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Borei Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Asher kichanu b'mitzvotav Veratzavanu Vishabak kodsho be'avavratzon inchilanu zikaron lemate vereshit ki hu yom techila lemikra kodesh zechelitziat. Mitzrayim Ki 
Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you were my dove, hidden in the split-open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes are in worship, and lovely your voices in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. Thank you. 
Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, and by the blood of the Lamb of God, and on behalf of ourselves, our loved ones, our dwelling places, and our jobs, Father, we declare in Jesus' name, and if we're not working our incomes and our families, whatever part of our lives, our entire lives, whatever makes up those things that are important and critical on our walk, we declare in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, and by his blood, that at the very moment 
that any entity of the darkness, worker of Satan, live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven, at the moment that they set their wills against us, that they be immediately burned by the holy fire of God, that a column of fire will shoot down from the glory pillar in the heavens and burn them in the screaming and horrific agony, scattering the darkness into all directions in Jesus' name. We declare that holy fire to surround around about our dwelling place. We declare that holy fire in the name of Jesus to surround around about on all sides, uh, the dwelling places of our loved ones in Jesus' name, around our cars in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot in Jesus' name, that nothing, nothing unclean may penetrate it. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus and declare in Jesus' name powerful warrior angels to stand guard at our dwelling places and to follow us wherever we go. Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare and decree and plead with the courts of heaven for the dispatch of a complete, a, a huge platoon of warrior angels, Father God, to be, to be sent on a search and destroy mission on our behalves, to search and hunt down all indirect threat vectors, all people speaking negatively against us at work, all assignments of the devil, all contracts placed against us by the darkness, all things spoken of in the darkness against us all weapons, spiritual or earthly, that are raised against us, that they should be immediately burned by the holy fire of God, that fire swords of cherubim will shoot down from the heavens, and these demons will be locked up, struck deaf, blind, and dumb, placed under arrest, and cast into the pit. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. We thank you, Father. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that these... These angels will be endowed with incredible powers to hunt down and to ferret out all attempts to come against us as the demon and his as as Satan and his demons are sent out to look for opportunities to take out our loved ones, to push the cars over the guardrails, to kill people that are close to us. Father, we pray for that divine protection that all of these attempts to come against us, all of these plans of evil and darkness shall be completely shattered by the power and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that your angels will ferret them out, strike them down, and the fire of God will scatter the darkness in all directions, making a public spectacle of them thereof, in accordance with Colossians 2.15 in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we just give you glory. Thank you for this opportunity to come before you. We praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Humble my heart, humble my heart, Lord, let me always long for you and humble my heart. Humble my heart, humble my heart, Lord, let me always long for you and humble my heart. 
Lord, let me always lean on you and humble my heart. Let me always walk in you and humble my heart. Humble my heart. Humble my heart. Lord, let me always worship you and humble. Jesus. At this time, I like to use holy oil. I do it every morning. Actually, multiple times. I praise God, Father, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father, we consecrate ourselves into your hands, Lord Jesus, into your complete ownership. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against us. We declare the abundant grace of God, your living water, the crystal river, to purify us, our body, our soul, our spirit, our flesh, our heart, our record-keeping books in heaven and our robe and gown in heaven. We plead your blood, Lord, upon us to heal us, not just to heal our infirmities, but to heal us, to heal our hearts, to heal our memories, to change negative experiences with love, forgiveness, to transform us into those light beings, that which we are trapped, as we are trapped inside these flesh bodies. 
understand what it means when the scripture says that when we stand before Jesus, we will be like him. Light. Father, we declare that no weapons raised against us shall exist at all for the moment that they are raised. We declare in Jesus' name that your fire will vaporize them. We resist all darkness, the devil and his demons, and they must flee. We cancel all demonic assignments placed against us in Jesus' name. We tear up all demonic contracts placed against us or our loved ones or any part of our lives that might prevent us from walking in peace and to give you total glory and to use the power that we were given in the name of Jesus as spiritual warriors to contend with you, Father, as it says in Isaiah 43:25. Let us contend together. We break all yokes of bondage. Every curse that was ever placed against us is gone. It never existed. We decree the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection around about us on all sides, a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to sustain it, and not just tonight, tomorrow, the next day to sustain it. We declare that holy that holy fire to be blown white hot by a swirling whirlwind, an intense swirling whirlwind of the Holy Spirit, to maintain it and to blow it white hot, that nothing can approach. We decree in the name of Jesus that our prayers be wrapped like a fire tornado in the midst of that holy fire as it ascends upward and melts the firmament of the rock in the air, in the spiritual realm where the demons of darkness reside, that they should scatter in all directions in fear and horror. Through the spiritual realm, melt the firmament of the rock and join with the glory pillar in the throne room of God. Father, we abandon ourselves into your hands. Do with us what you will. Whatever you may do, we thank you. We are ready for all. We accept all. Let only your will be done in us and all of us. Father, we wish no more than this. Please, please help us. Strengthen us. Into your hands, Father, we commit our soul and our spirit. We offer it to you with all of the love of our heart. Father, we pray that you will anoint us. Anoint us with trust. Anoint us and help us to always remember that you are in control and that you even love us and direct our path even when we are struggling with strongholds and problems in our lives that are not exactly in alignment with your will. That your forgiveness runs so deep that you always remember that we are dust. That you know that even when we dork up that we still, of course, do fear you. Let us never, ever, ever get a, get a wrongful attitude and always be determined. Get back up. Dust ourselves off. Seek you. Spend more time, even more time, in your presence. Oh, how I know from my own personal experience how much I miss the peace, the tranquility, the trust, and the knowing, that knowing that I don't have anything to worry about that you have this, that you are utterly and absolutely in control. 
Let us never give up. Let us always seek you and praise you, Lord Jesus, for being in our being our continuous advocate. Help us with this struggle. Help us with the trials and tribulations. Help us, Lord, we pray, with the power and the authority and the fire of God as we pray at every single day until the day that we finally leave. Even if is it even if it is because we leave of what the earth will perceive as natural causes. Or maybe even a uh, act of God. How appropriate. We praise you, Lord, and we thank you for this divine protection, and we pray that it is sustained throughout the rest of the week. Father, when a man's ways, as your scripture says, that when a man's ways please the Lord, you make even his enemies to be at peace with them. Father, we pray that even when we're dorking up and maybe we're not pleasing you the way that we ought to, that that platoon of warrior angels, that strike team, that they will search out on our behalf in accordance with our prayers and make things right. Straighten our path. Give us peace that we don't deserve and fill us with a trust. Help us to remember the decades in many cases that have gone by when we should have died many times probably, in some cases for certain, but yet you sustained us when we least deserved it. Help us to remember not to get a big head, not to think that we're divinely protected under all circumstances, and not to think that your patience may not run out with us at some point, but to always be humble and have a contrite spirit before you, praising you and thanking you for every small step in that journey that progresses us closer to be standing in your glory and your light. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you, Father.
Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> so I am um, unfortunately having to make some adjustments to the um, computer, um, which is fine, um, because I'm getting some reports from Sister Vera, who's helping me work through the bugs since uh, Microsoft and Blog Talk Radio decided to make some changes. Decided to make some changes. Uh, anyway, it looks like... Um, Testing one, two, praise God. It looks like, um, uh, I don't know whether, yeah, it looks like the changes that I'm making are not going to work, and that's okay. I think I've zeroed in on one of the problems, so I just want to praise you, Jesus, and thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for helping me at least find one of the problems. Whether or not it's overcomable or not is a different story. There are some things that you can fix, and there are some things they won't let you fix for whatever reason. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. On that note, looking at the time, let us go ahead and give glory to God. And scrolling forward, I wanted to see if I could share with you real quick. Actually, I think I'm going to. I'm going to look. Okay. No, it's not there. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. All right. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. So on that note, glory to God, I am going to 
And yes, Vera, I thank you for giving me that continuous and, and awesome feedback. God bless you. Um, it appears we, we never talk in person. If I could describe it to you, I would explain it to you. It's called automatic level control, and it is not something that I'm able to turn off on Windows 10. So I will. Um, it probably is triggered by me raising my voice, and then the ALC pushes it up too high, and then it goes into a distortion mode. So anyway, if I didn't get excited, which would be against my personality, uh, why then um, probably have perfect sound the whole program long. Anyway, thank you, Jesus. So uh, it is out of my control. I don't know how to overcome it, and I will continue to work on the problem and try to get the sound to be as perfect as possible. Thank you, Jesus. On that note, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the mercies by which you have allowed us to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable as our spiritual service of worship to you. This is all based on Romans 12. Father, it is not our will to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we may prove to be good and acceptable and perfect to what your will is for our lives. By the grace that you have given us, Father, we pray that you will show us how not to esteem ourselves more or less important to the body of Christ than any other. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the spiritual gifts that you have given to each of us even those of which we are unaware or maybe have yet to manifest, that we may prophesy in proportion to our faith, teach according to your precious word, and give liberally, leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. Father, Show us how our love can be absolutely real. Where it comes from the very depths of our hearts and actually becomes a part of who we are, how we genuinely feel. And that those actions are not about believing. They just are helping us to understand what it means, Father, when you say to us, I am. Let the manifestation of the presence of, of you, Father, and the glory, compassion, and love of our Lord Jesus become within us. I am. Teach us, Father, to abhor that which is evil. To become hungry and continuously desire being in the presence of that which is good and pure. Teach us, Father, supernaturally anoint us to be kind and affectionate to one another, to honor and to give to one another. out of love because that is who I am.
Let us not have second thoughts about giving liberally. Let us not have second thoughts about touching and changing other people's lives. Let us not think it's okay to see others counting coins on a counter when our bank accounts are blessed. Let us see we are standing on holy ground and grab that opportunity to give you glory in front of others. Take away the timid nature that many of us have and teach us how amazing it feels to change someone else's lives by our overt knowing that we are part of I am. That through Christ living in us, we are already transformed. Help us, Father, to bless those who curse and persecute us. Help us, Father, to continue to provide for the needs of the saints, to give and to be full of hospitality and love, even though in the flesh, perhaps, we may be a little bit irritated. Help us to overcome that by recognizing who you have blessed us to be, even now. For blessed is he who believes and has not seen. Let us be in harmony with one another. Agree upon those things and focus upon those things that bring us together in one accord. Keep our hearts humble. Help us to remember continuously, Father, that any of the things that you have given us, any of the knowledge, any of the understanding, any of the, our beliefs that we think are correct, that what is truth to one person is not truth to another, and that one thing that we can all agree on is that Jesus is our Lord and that you are our Father. Help us to bind together as one in the body of Jesus. Take away all notion or need that is inside of us, inside of our flesh, inside of our heart, which would be iniquity that is unpleasing to you and unwilling to lay our lives down, to carry our cross to our death with our children by our side, if need be, knowing that we're simply going home to be with you. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, more than anything, that whatever needs to change in our walk and our life, that you will continue a good work within each of us and forgive us when we get disgusted, angry, frustrated, overwhelmed with the things of this earth, that our minds shut down, our behaviors lose their synchronicity and harmony with your will. 
And God, I pray for a special blessing for those who are blessed, that they're never irritated, never frustrated, always in a walk in a state of true harmony with your will. What a blessing, even if it is out of ignorance. We pray for your mercy upon us, Father, particularly those of us who are aware of how incredibly dark everything on this earth ultimately is, particularly if you look for it. Teach us, we pray, in Jesus' name, to see your light, your beauty, glory, the incredible things that you have created for us to enjoy, even as the rest of the world continues to sink further into the pit, always keeping our hearts and our minds stayed on things above and not on things of this world. Learning to trust you, Father, when all of our earthly instincts tell us that we don't have a shot. But to put our complete trust in you, always remembering that you and you alone, Father, are our dear Abba, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, thank you, forever and ever. Amen. Holy Communion. As your disciples were seated about you at the eve of a man's bread. You said I'd eagerly yearn for this supper And that you'd suffer so his children could be fed I can only imagine the silence in the room As you passed on the bread to be told For they did not understand the reach of his plan In his love we were told to rejoice, not to mourn. So we gather from memory the glory of the Lamb, the one who was slain for the seed of Abraham. As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the King and his bride. When our waiting has ceased, as you arose and went back up to heaven, Speak to the heavenly host. You lifted the cup of forgiveness. It was paid, it was done. You had covered the cause. And I can only imagine the thunder sound as the heaven exploded in tears. We were free from our chains. Now all that remains is to never give in. We are destined to win, so we gather remembering the ruler of our soul, destroyer of death, the Lord of our all, the light in our arms, the edge of our sword, the King of all kings, and the Lord of all lords. For we 
believe in a land All of creation Restored by his hand Eternity All is revealed By the time we remember All skies will be healed As we long for your coming We imagine the feast The Lord and his bride When our waiting has ceased generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who once had not obtained mercy, but now have Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, 
meekness and long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were also called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just and whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely or whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. 1 Peter 2.9, Colossians 3.12, Philippians 4.8 He Jesus went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew 26, 39. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, believed upon in the world, and received up into glory. 1 Timothy 3:16. We pray for purification based upon Psalm 51, 1 through 14. Father God, we pray that you will have mercy upon us because boy, do we need it. Have mercy upon us. According to your loving kindness and according to the multitude of your tender mercies, Father, we pray that you will blot out all of our transgressions. Wash us thoroughly from our iniquity. Cleanse us from our sin. For we acknowledge our transgressions, our sin is always before us. Against you, Father, you only we have sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, Father, we were brought forth in iniquity, and in sin our mothers conceived us. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make us to know your wisdom. Purge us with hyssop, and we shall be clean. Wash us, and then we will be whiter than snow. Make us your joy and gladness, Father, that the bones you've broken may rejoice. Hide your face from our sins and blot out all of our iniquity. Create in us, Father God, a clean heart. And 
renew a steadfast, determined spirit within us. Do not cast us away from your presence. Do not allow us, Lord God, to grieve the Holy Spirit. Restore to us, Father, the joy of your salvation, upholding us with your incredible, loving, and generous spirit. And then we will teach transgressors your ways. Sinners will be converted to you. Therefore, Father, we pray that you will deliver us from the guilt of our sin. God of our salvation. And then with our tongues, we will give you praise. We will praise you every day as we know that you will lift us up and continue our walk in sanctification until we are able to stand pure and perfect in your love and light before thee. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you, Father. Amen. The Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. For I received that which from the Lord, which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in that same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Ami, Vadodi, Vadodi Lee. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine.
diner Any place, anywhere that you've been You were bound to live without sin Regardless of the cost Yes, I know You were killed for all that we owe For the sake of all eternity You died for me There was life wherever you touched You were strong, you were kind, you were just you were aiming for the goal And you were smiling Always strong and secure through your work Like a shepherd guiding his herd Giving shelter to the soul I know that your word holds power to grow through spirit and serenity you speak to You were hurt for my offense You were sick for my deceit You were poor for my prosperity You were strong when I am weak I praise you, my Redeemer I praise you, Majesty You were left by God Almighty To always be with me And I know I will never be Done. 
click open file in the top right. And you know, I will always follow you. To spread the word, to be a figure of truth. I trust in you, in all that I do. sons of God. We are the masters of the devil and his seeding demons. And we are the servants and foot washers of mankind. Ezekiel 22.30 Oh, our father said, so I sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it but I found no one. But Father, we heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send who will go for us? And we said, Here we are. Send us. Isaiah 43.25 Our Father said, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance and let us contend, let us work together. State your case that you may be acquitted. John fourteen twelve to 14 Most assuredly I say to you, Jesus said, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything my name, that I will do. Ephesians 3.20-21 Now to him, Jesus, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. First John 3, 8. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. But it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. So what is our job? To destroy the works of the devil. 
Colossians 2.15 states, Jesus, having disarmed principalities and powers, made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. The cross. So what are we doing? We are making a public spectacle. What does that mean? Well, their public is the spiritual realm which they reside. When we call down the fire of God on them, they are scattering in all directions. We have made a public spectacle of them in front of all the other demons of darkness in that realm. We have disarmed them. Intensified prevailing prayer is God's ordained law and method for implementing his redemptive plan in this age until Jesus returns. It is the highest, the holiest, and the mightiest effort of which a child of God is capable. It is God's chosen way to bring heaven's power, heaven's resources, and heaven's angels into action upon the earth. Charles Spurgeon said, He who knows how to overcome with God in prayer has heaven and earth at his disposal. Intensified prayer is clothed with the might of God himself. From the book Mighty Prevailing Prayer, Prayer, written by Wesley L. Dewell. James 5.16b says, The effective, fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. Fervent meaning having or displaying a passionate intensity. Impassioned, passionate, intense, vehement, ardent, sincere, fervid, and heartfelt. There's nothing mamby-pamby and wimpy in here. We cast out demons. Mark 16, 17 to 18 states, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. That word drink means to ingest in any manner into the body. And it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Second Corinthians ten four through six. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing the principalities, power, spiritualists, the wickedness, rulers of darkness in high places, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Ephesians six ten through 13, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle instead against principalities, powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil, evil day. And having done all to stand Luke 10, verse 19, Jesus sent the 70 sinners from the multitude out two by two, and they came back astonished in the power that they had in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Jesus looked at them and said, well, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. There was no Pentecost. There was no baptism of the Holy Spirit. There was no cross. 
Well, boy, does that prove a lot of churchianity wrong about stuff. Mark 9.25, when Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. He wasn't asking. He didn't say, dear Heavenly Father, make the evil Holy Spirit go away. He talked to the mountain. Be thou cast into the sea. Matthew twelve twenty eight to 30. Jesus said, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods? Unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house. So you have to kick the strong man out, bind and cast them out, and then call forth the subordinate spirits. Got to cut off the head of the snake first. If you actually ever get to see this in action when somebody is being cleaned of multiple unclean spirits, it's really kind of fascinating. You have to coax out the strongman spirit, which is usually when all of the messy stuff happens. And then getting the rest of them out is pretty easy. Matthew twelve forty three to 45. When an unclean spirit comes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. And when then he says, the un, uh, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation. Because they fail to go and sin no more. They are a wicked generation. And the demons get the legal right to re-enter. That's why it's very important for us to be continuously self-examining, continuously confessing, and continuously repenting and turning away from our sin. And if we have a stronghold that we're dealing with, Praise Jesus every day. Lord Jesus, I've been praying that you will help me take rid of this stronghold. I've rebuked it. I've cast it into the pit. And I pray, Lord, forgive me and help me, give me more strength and remove this from me. Take this, this thorn in the flesh from me in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Africa. Africa. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace on behalf of every man, woman, and child of every nation, tribe, and tongue of the lands of Africa. We hold up symbolically a golden cup of forgiveness before your throne as a royal priesthood, 1 Peter 2.9. And we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, please pour out this golden bowl of forgiveness upon all of the peoples of those lands, from the north to the south, to the east and to the west. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, Forgive them, please, for they know not what they do. As your servant Nehemiah did in chapter 1, verse 6, on behalf of all of the lands of Israel, we confess of their sins before thee. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their fathers' fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. We part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea above the lands of Africa for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to flow freely and unhindered down upon the lands to touch these people in dreams and visions of the night in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, unhindered. Alleluia. Thank you, Father. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual host of wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places above the lands of Africa, we come against you. In the name of the Lord Jesus and by his blood, we decree fire swords of cherubim to be shot down from the heavens and to cut you into agony. We declare fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you in horrific screams of agony, making a public spectacle of you thereof across all of the demonic ether and in accordance with Colossians 2.15, we bind it before the courts of heaven in Jesus name we decree and declare and plead with your courts father God for an innumerable company of angels of war and archangels to follow fully clad in the armor of God diamond tip sword sharp as razor blades to enter into the spiritual realm and to cut these demons of darkness into pieces we declare war in the heavens in the name of Jesus such as never been seen since before there was time Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, binding or hindering the hearts and the minds of the lost peoples across all of the lands of, of Africa. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, we command you to come out. Strong men, release them now. We have loose truly go rights to them, and we command you to regularly release them. Come forth, out, now. In Jesus' name, subordinate spirits, unclean spirits, out, spirits of infirmity, come forth. We declare an innumerable company of angels of war to descend upon thee and to strike you deaf, blind, and dumb, place you under arrest, and cast you into the pit. We declare the holy fire of God to weld the pit shut. We declare the holy fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn you where you sit. And we decree in Jesus' name the fire of God to inflict pain and agony that you will be made a public spectacle of the, across all of the demonic ether and the other demons will see and flee in fear. And we plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit for only the Lamb of God can break the seals. Father, we ask this even if but for a time. We are looking for a breakthrough. We declare the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to encircle, completely encapsulate every single man, woman, and child of every nation, tribe, and tongue from the north to the south to the east to the west. In Jesus' name, let nothing unclean reenter the clean-swept house. Father, we plead with your courts and we pray in Jesus' name for your abundant manifold grace, the living water, the crystal river to enter into their hearts, to fertilize, to soil therein, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit and the fruit will remain in Jesus name. And in accordance with John fifteen sixteen, we praise you, Father. Hallelujah. And Father, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus for Hundreds of trillions of legions of angels of light and love to descend upon the lands of Africa to come upon these people in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men to save their souls from the pit to seal their instruction in accordance with Job 33:14 and 15. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. And in, in, in open and standing visions of the day, Holy Lord Jesus, gracious, compassionate, living God, we pray, raise your hand forward in their dreams and visions, in their open and standing visions, we pray in Jesus' name, touch them and call them by their name, talk to them in their native tongue, we pray, Lord, that you will touch them and call them, that it is unmistakable that you will show them the man in the white robe, and they will run to you, in the name of Jesus, 
We praise you and thank you. Amen. God bless you all. See you next Friday, Lord willing. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free Write our names in your book of life We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice As we lift your name on high Renew our mind, renew our soul Remove the scars from our past And deem us righteous We rebuke all deceptive lies When will your coming be? When will your trumpets sound for me? Till then we will endure. We are the branches on a living tree. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. Until you come back for your bride. Just set her free.